is brought to you by the Kansas City Barbecue Store, the official provider of barbecue supplies to listeners of Pitmaster. It's June, which means the month of summer starts, Father's Day, and getting ready for July 4th. That means getting all of your grilling and barbecue supplies in order. From smokers and fuel to rubs and sauces, the Kansas City Barbecue Store has everything and anything you could want. And get this, as a listener of the OVS Pitmaster podcast, you can get 10% off of your order this summer by using the code PITPOD, P-I-T-P-O-D, for online orders at www.thekansascitybarbecuestore.com. If they don't have it, you probably don't need it. So visit the thekansascitybarbecuestore.com today for all of your barbecue needs. All right, Luke Darnell here host of Pitmaster, an old Virginia Smoke podcast. And with us this week is, I've got to say, an absolute legend of, of barbecue. <laughs> and uh, I, I I don't say that uh, lightly because when you talk, when I interview other Pitmasters, they all bring up the name Mike Davis from Laudable as someone that has been severely influential and helpful to them in their barbecue career. So this has been a long time coming, and uh, I am very excited to have you on, Mr. Davis. No, it ain't no Mr. Mr. Live Down the Street. (laughs) 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 Oh, man, it's a pleasure to be here, Luke. It's been a long time since we even talked, uh, you know, long time since we've been together seeing each other. So this this is a treat. A huge treat, and I, I have to tell you that there's another person out there who's more excited about this podcast than I am, and that's Rick Hamilton from Hambones <laughs> by the Fire. Well, I tell you what, Rick, Rick and Elizabeth are really, really great people. They are two of our best friends, if not our best friends. Uh, we that, go to Cle- that, we go to Cleveland. Awesome. Yeah, we go to Cleveland and spend time with them, and they come here and spend time with us. Uh, Rick has cooked with me probably close, I don't even know how many times now, but uh, and uh, every time he shows up, we seem to do pretty well. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rick, Rick is a good cook. I man, absolutely. Uh, yeah, he's. Uh, I get. I guess he he probably told you about that. Uh, contest he preserved down in georgia oh yeah yeah shows up down there with two webbers in the box yep <laughs> on the back of his motorhome put them together there ask people how did how do these things work <laughs> it's like really <laughs> that's right and then he preserves the contest yep yeah 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 that, he's wasn't, what- that wasn't that wasn't dumb luck no, and he, but he claims a lot of what he's learned about competition barbecue has come from you. Yeah, and uh, I've had you know he and I, he started cooking again this year, and you know he's given me brisket and stuff, and I'm tasting it. I'm like, what is that? That is good. That's <laughs> it's a lot of old red dirt, buddy. It's on there. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is truly an honor to have you on here. So I, I really, uh, you know, barbecues changed so much just in the ten years that I've been doing it. 
in terms of the competition barbecue and stuff. But I went and looked. Uh, There's a service out there called barbecuedata.com, which uh, it it puts data together as far back as KCVS has records in terms of contests and stuff. And there's a big 10-year gap. So it starts in 2009, but I think you started cooking in around 1999, if I'm correct. Mm, yeah, so make, somewhere there. Yeah, but in the in the year two thousand nine, which is the first year, I went and looked you up, and I think you cooked twenty three contests, and you got a fourteenth place rib. That yeah. was the only call, the only result in any of the four categories or overall that was not in the top ten. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you got a slipper once in a while. Right? <laughs> I was like, I wonder what happened with that rib. It was probably good, and some judge messed it up. Yeah, yeah. You know that's, that's the thing about it. It was, I guarantee, you it was just like the one I'd done the week before. Exactly. Exactly. You know? Is was there as much? consternation back then as there is now between judges and cooks is there was there a mm, you know I, I don't no then but no there was not um we we were kind of right in the Huntsville Alabama was the first time that scoring cards comment cards had been used and uh that was that was the change that weekend, right there, huh. because that was kind of a pilot, and and the judges didn't know what to do with it. We didn't know what to think about it. It was just kind of weird. I mean, but that's where right. that's where it all started. Interesting, interesting. Is that the whistle stop competition? Yes. Uh huh. Man, I went. I cooked that last year. Did you really? I did. I cooked it, and uh, I got my ass handed to me. Huh. And uh, <laughs> and I said, you know what? I will come back and do this again and maybe have a different procedure. But, uh, right. you know, it's, it's funny you mentioned comment cards and how that changed it. Because, you know, now your comment cards are basically screened and edited by the reps. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of, you know, if a judge takes the time to sit there and just say this rib sucked, yeah, I I, why not give that to me? Or you know, I'm not sure that the KCBS rep is the one that should be making that judgment call on whether I see that or not. But yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I I mean, you know, for for me, it's it's always been it is what it is. I mean, and and I argued for years. I said, just let me, just let me talk to the judges with my cards. I mean, I, I, I really, I said, I'm not going to beat nobody up. I just want to know what you're thinking. Right. Why, why, why did you, why did I get that? You know, it's like you, you put down, uh, everybody gives you a nine, but this one guy gives you a six. Okay. Why? Why? Tell me did why. He just, did he just not like it? You know, I don't know. But you know, Carolyn Wells, uh, bless her heart, would never let would never let me do that. So, 
it, it's funny because you know they when I went and took the judges class before we even started cooking and well I had cooked with another team before that and I was kind of shocked at like this is what you guys are teaching them like none of this food is what they're going to receive right and now whenever I'm at a contest if there's a judge class going on like the Thursday or Friday before I make it a point to go yeah and, and basically tell them like look you <laughs> what you're going to eat here in the next hour is not it, it's not what you're going to get in a contest and I usually will invite the whole class if they're not judging I invite them down to our site and I'm like here you can try whatever you want you know this is more right. along the lines but I, I think they're starting to get a little bit better grasp on how to uh, keep these you know keep everybody on the same page so the, I, I yeah. want to give KCBS credit for that yeah yeah, sure. Yeah, they're doing a good job. Well, all right, enough about that because I'm ready to get into some of these questions with you, man. I'm so excited. <laughs> all right, well, let's see if you are or not. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what's been the most surprising thing to come out of competition barbecue for you? Uh, the most surprising thing? Yeah. <sighs> I guess uh, being being able to travel, see the things that I never never dreamed that I would see. Um, barbecue took us overseas. It took us from California to Virginia uh, to Chicago to Florida. Um, man, it's just it, it has to be the travel aspect, the people that you meet along the way. Um, you know, some some you still call friends, a lot you call acquaintances, and some you never want to see again. Um, <laughs> you know, what I mean, if I'm just being honest, you know. I yeah, mean, yeah. That, uh, yeah, it, 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 it has to be the travel aspect of it. You know, the, the parts of the country I would never have been able to see uh, otherwise, people that I would never have met otherwise. Yeah, uh, going going overseas was. Uh, we've been over there twice, uh, one to Switzerland, Austria, Germany, you know, and uh, all time cooking and then over to the Netherlands. And man, that's just that's just awesome. I, I never expected to be able to do that. That's fantastic. And as another husband and wife team, I being able to do that with your with your spouse and and just travel the country, travel the world I'd have yeah. to say that that's probably my answer to that question too. You know, we, yeah. we, we make it a point to cook a different, a new state every year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think we're up to 30 now. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So we're going to keep going. I mean, that's, that's something that we love. And like you said, I would have never been to, you know, the parts of Wisconsin where I've cooked and, you know, I would have had, never had a reason to go there except for barbecue. So. Right. Right. That's well, pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, when I was working, um, I worked a full-time job, and then we, you know, would take off uh, on a, a Thursday, sometime a Wednesday, uh, and be able to go and travel to the next contest. My boss that I had at the time, I was self-employed for a little while, for about six or seven years, and I went back into the workforce, and uh, they made me a regional manager over just trucking company 
Well, it, it allowed me to travel a lot. And as long as I could get to a terminal, put my laptop in, my boss didn't care where I was. And, uh, cause I could take care of everything from there. So, so when we started doing that, uh, we were able to, tra- <laughs> able to travel in the daytime to these different states. And I'll never forget one time David made a, a comment once we started doing it, we're probably six months, maybe a year in, you know, and I think we're going through Kentucky one time. And she says, man, this what Kentucky looks like in the daylight. Because <laughs> <laughs> the first time she'd ever seen it was at night. So, and she said, every place looks the same. Now I get to see it in the daylight. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. What do you think separates a good pit master from a great pit master? Oh, so, so I had a pretty quick answer to that. And I, and I thought I had it, but I said, it's one who wins, but does it with kindness shows humility. Wow. That's a great answer. I mean, I had, I had seen the guys that, uh, and, and I tried to be that way myself to be a gracious winner. And I've seen the guys that, um, had the attitude, well, I'm Joe Blow. I should have won. Huh. You know, that's yeah. nothing new. I should, I should have done that. And, uh, I just, man, I just, I don't have much room for that. I don't. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I, a friend of mine, I, I'm sure you know Joe Davidson. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe told me one time years and years, golly, years and years ago, he said, when it's your day to win, can nobody beat you. <laughs> and that's, I've kind of, I've kind of lived with that, you know, at the back of my mind at every contest that I've done, you know, if I won, it was my day to win. If I got beat, it was my day to get beat. Yeah. And there's no need to go any further than that on it. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's a contest, and everybody's right. there to win. <laughs> yep. And like Debbie used to tell me, you know, she said, she said, when you lose, said you got five minutes. You salt, you whatever you got to do, you get over it because we're going on. Five minutes, that's it, buddy. Five minutes. I like Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like uh, Debbie. I got, yeah. I got, I got one that that goes a little longer than five minutes, but I've gotten her down to about fifteen. <laughs> uh, she cut me off five minutes. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to jump back up to the top to the question. Okay. One. All right. So one of the things that, man, and tell tell me if my memory's wrong, uh, but you used to cook Bel Air Maryland, but you would vend at the same time. Is that true? In Maryland? Yeah. No, I don't think so. No? Okay. Think, yeah, the only time we actually did vending was when we were doing the NASCAR thing. Oh, okay. Right on. Well, I do remember the times that we have been together that you have kind of a silent confidence about you when you're cooking. Where does that confidence come from? <laughs> You know, I think a lot of it you're just born with, uh, but I'll I'll say that uh, my my folks always 
instilled confidence in you. You know, you can do whatever you put your mind to do. And uh, they started that at an early age. And um, them doing that and then having it uh, um, just kind of born with some of that, you know. I've never been a showboat kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, kind of yeah, more than. Yeah, my wife, she tells me all the time. She said, "You know, you're kind of a big deal." Well, I got. I'm sitting here looking at a deal that uh, a friend of mine gave me in in Delaware a couple of years ago. We go up and help uh, Jeff Haas uh, put on a contest up there, and uh-huh. and uh, Melissa Hollis brought me a little desk plaque. You know how you get those desk plaques with your name on them. You know, sit on your desk. Well, this one says, "I'm kind of a big deal." And so when I, I, I had left the contest, went to the motel, David and I did, we came back and, and I had that sitting in the console of a car and I pulled up there and the guy says, uh, there's no more cars in here. And I said, you know who I am? I just <laughs> met with him, you know, he's like, no, I really don't care. And I picked that thing up and I showed it to him and he just died laughing. He said, go on in, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know the Hollis family up in Delaware? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, they are some of the best people in the world. They are. They, they really are. are. I really enjoy talking to, to Jack's mom and dad too. They're just man, they're just salt. They're earth. fantastic. They're absolutely they fantastic and they are. We used to love going up and cooking that they did a competition up there called uh Boobecue around yeah. Halloween and uh Yeah. And man, that that was, used to be one of our favorites. We loved going up there. <laughs> yeah, I, supposedly they're going to do that contest again this year, and I don't know it uh, it hosts there. So I don't, you know, Jeff likes for me to come up and you know just kind of be around, and do a little class and stuff. And yeah, I don't know if we're going to be able to go or not. I hope we are. Yeah, that's, well, it'd be cool if you if you can. Yeah, I love I love those people. They're so, such great people. Yeah, they are. So, your experiences outside of barbecue and your career and stuff—how did that prepare you to be so successful on the competition trail? Uh, well, I guess I was—I started out mechanicing. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, you'd say. You know, working on my own cars, started out with bicycles, then cars. And, and uh, you know, it seemed like there wasn't anything I couldn't fix. I, if I could take it apart, I could put it back together. And uh, sometimes, you know, the factory puts extra bolts in. You just toss them away and you don't need them anyway. But uh, when you put stuff back together. But um, that's kind of the way I've always been. Um, it's a... Uh, I wouldn't so we, say it, it. I wouldn't say it's it's confident in what I'm doing. Um, you know, I, I learned gasoline engines and I learned diesel engine, and that's what got me into the trucking business. And um, you know, I like I like to know how things work. I like to figure things out. And barbecue is no different. Um, you know, you see guys uh, go and cook barbecue that you think. You just kind of watch them. It's like, oh man, I could do that. 
Mm, well, I could do it, but it didn't turn out quite right. Right. You know, and then that gives me the oomph to make it right. Um, and, and, and honestly, you know, I was lucky to have some people uh, who kind of took me under their wing early on. Uh, and I don't mind telling you who that was. I don't know if you ever heard of Jeff Shivers or not. Um, no. Jeff Shivers was one of the founding fathers of IBCA. Um, he and his wife, Lynn, ran contests in Texas. Um, in fact, they ran the contest. Lynn ran the contest that first barbecue contest I ever cooked in Palestine, Texas, along with my brother-in-law. Uh, we cooked that contest. And, oh, that's a long story. But anyway, <laughs> that, that's how we got our feet wet cooking those contests. We took it a couple of years before we ever got a call. But uh, once we did, things started to gel. But Jeff took me under his wing and and showed me everything he knew about barbecue. He was not uh, holding back anything. Uh, In fact, he would make sure that I parked next to him so that I would do things when it needed to be done. Not necessarily copying everything he did, but he kind of was on his timeline. Right. And, uh, you know, it's like, you use your own stuff. I'm going to use my stuff. You know, it'll be fun. Uh, and one of the things that I learned early on uh, doing that with him is that you better cook something you like to eat because you're going to eat a lot of it. <laughs> so it better be good. You better be good to your taste buds. You know, and, and then later on you find out that it's not necessarily what you like. It's what the judge likes. So. That's the hardest thing to teach people. It is. It absolutely is. It, uh, it, I have somebody I've been working with now for a couple of years and man, I just can't, I can't get, get him to move past that. It's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I know it's good, man. I know it's good, but it's not what they want. And you got to cook yeah. what, what they want. It's a different kind of cooking, you know? Yeah. And that's the hardest thing. That's the hardest thing. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you ever remember Rocky Danner or not, but, uh, Rocky, Rocky used to, Rocky went with us to Switzerland, um, and we did some classes over there for those people at the World Barbecue Association. And and we were eating supper one night and he says, you know, she, you don't teach nothing. He said, you don't teach these people how to cook. He said, you teach them how to be confident in what they're doing. And I thought, man, that's probably the greatest compliment I could ever get. Absolutely. Man, that is a great compliment. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that just floored me. I sat there and looked at him for, seemed like 30 minutes. It's like, man, I appreciate that. He said, I'm telling you, I've been watching you. That's what you're doing. I said, okay. (laughs) I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, one of the things, you know, all these podcasts and shows and everything, we like to talk about our accomplishments and stuff. And we've already established that you're a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wish I wish I had a I wish I could see a picture of what my daughter just gave me for Father's Day. <laughs> but one of the things we always uh, that I like to focus on is our failures and how a failure at a contest 
has set you up to be successful further down the line. Do you have a favorite failure of yours? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> actually, I actually got a couple. Okay. Uh, one I'm going to tell you about first, then I'll tell you the, the I'm going to tell you about number two first, and then I'll tell you about number one. Number two was, um, we, you know, for a few years we traveled, uh, with the, the trees and, uh, that was that was quite at that time was a good time for us. Okay. So so we're going down to Louisiana, a little town called Florine, and we're going down a highway, down the interstate. And Johnny thought he's oh, this'll be funny. So he I get ready to take the exit, he's behind me and he moves over to the left hand lane. I said, Oh crap, this must not be the right one. So anyway, we're going down there and to the next exit and I got off. He passed me. He got off that exit. We're gonna make a U-turn. So we make a U-turn and one of the doors on his uh luggage doors on his motorhome comes open and out slides two ice chests right across the highway. <laughs> and they dump out. It's like, oh man, I was laughing so hard I laughed and drove off the road. Cause he made <laughs> me miss my exit. So anyway, so there's I see that this brisket slides across the, the road. Anyway, we get on the, we pick all this crap up and we go on to flooring and we get all inspected and all this stuff. That night, uh, I went to take my nap and I overslept and I burnt my brisket up. I mean, it wasn't nothing but charcoal. <laughs> I come out of there, I was mad. I was slamming stuff and trigger hollering, What's the matter to you? It's like, burn my brisket up. He said, I got another one over here if you want it. It's like, you got time for that? It's getting, it's daylight now. He said, they inspected it last night, but I'm not using it. You want it? Okay. Let me have it. I put that brisket, I trimmed that brisket down to nothing, put it on the fire at eight o'clock and won the brisket that day. <laughs> so, wow. you know, you can, you can always start a little late. It's, it's, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. That's right. But, uh, and the other one was at the American Royal in 2002. On the invitational side, I had a DAL rib. Oh, last, wow. last place rib. I was, I was livid. I know I went longer than five minutes that day. <laughs> I was just beside myself that how, how I could have done that. You know, looking back in retrospect, Probably wasn't as bad as I let on like. Somebody just didn't like it. It just hit the wrong table. Right. You know? Next day in the open, I won the open. Wow. So he come from last place rib to win the grand at the Royal one day apart. So that's my that's my favorite failure. Right. But you learned that you couldn't just you couldn't be mad. You had to cook again. You got to go. <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, I say that all the time, you know, especially when you're at the double competition and you see somebody with their head down, you know, it's like, Hey, you don't have time for that right now. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you don't, you don't have, you, you got to do this again. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And that's hard to do. I mean, you, you, you look at it and, it's like, but you, you have to say, 
okay, that contest is over. This is a brand new day. We're going to start all over. So it's like, I just got here. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard, it's hard to do, but it certainly can be done. That's great advice. It's, and it's something that I've had to learn over the years, you know, like, yeah. Okay. Hey, you, you know, you did something really stupid today, but you got a chance again tomorrow. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's a lot of people jumping into our, our hobby right now. What advice would you give to a smart driven young cook? Who's about to enter the real world of competition barbecue. Don't do it. <laughs> That's my number one piece of advice too, man. You know what? Okay. Be the be the king of your of your street, you yep. know, and, and uh, save yourself a bunch of time and money. <laughs> yeah, man, that ain't no joke. That ain't no joke. And the other part of this is ignore my advice. <laughs> Don't do it. Just run, and then ignore my advice. Go on, do it. You go on and do it. <laughs> You know, I, I mean, some of the, like I've said before, some of the some of the people you meet, you know, will just be the greatest people uh, in the world. Some will be just a total jackass, but uh, you'll make friends that you'll keep forever. Absolutely. You know, uh, and it's not friends that you're going to see every day. It's friends that you're going to talk to maybe a couple times a year, maybe every once a yeah. year. Yeah. You know. Um, and, and, and I'm going to just throw this out there, you know, but I, I got a lot of friends that, uh, uh, we have made some lasting friendships along the way. And Barry Johnson is swigging pig. He's that guy. Mm-hmm. He is that guy. I mean, Jerry, Barry's helped me with a lot of stuff over the years. And, uh, the friendship that he and I have will just, it is gone forever. That's really cool, man. He, uh, Barry was asked to be part of something that, uh, uh, I was not part of and I would never be part of. And he came to me and he said, what do you think about me doing this? I said, why are you asking me? He said, because if you don't, if it's going to affect my friendship, he said, I ain't doing it. Huh? That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that Barry Johnson. And it's, it's funny because we used to, when we first started out, we referred to it as our real friends and our barbecue friends, you know? Yep. And then, and then as you keep doing this, those lines get blurred. Mm. Very, very blurred. <laughs> very blurred. And then they, then they all just kind of mesh into one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Let's let's switch gears here a little bit to okay. to gear to stuff. You know, what is one of the best or most worthwhile investments that you've ever made in competition barbecue? Knives. Knives? Yep. You got a specific Kn- brand you like? Uh, you know, I, I guess my my best knives were uh, Hinkle and Victor Knox. Um, I have a set of shoe knives in here on my kitchen cabinet. And just to be honest, I don't think they're any better than what my, you know, my Victor Knox or my Hinkles are. Uh, it's all in how you take care of them. Absolutely. You know, a lot of good knives out there. Uh, I, I remember 
somewhere uh, where we were, and I don't know where exactly we were, but a guy was set up sharpening knives. And uh, it was cheap. It was a contest, and the guy was doing it. And, and I thought, you know, I need to take my knives over and get them sharpened. So I took them over, and I left them with his wife. Well, when he got done with them, he brought them back to me. And he said, I got to tell you, he said, you were the only person out here that brought me knives in a sheath that had coverings on them. Everybody else just bring me a handful of knives. But, well, I got to kind of take care of what takes care of me. You right. Know, I, I depend on those things. And he said, you're the only one that did that. Huh. So, but yeah, I think miles is probably my best investment. You know, everybody uses a thermopin or uh, some type of thermometer. And I guess that's okay, but uh, not for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of my favorite questions is, what purchase of a hundred dollars or less has most positively impacted your barbecue life? Mm-hmm. I love that question because I mean, it, it's the smallest little things. I've got a little uh, thumb spice grinder that I use for my finishing powders. Right. And I mean, we didn't have them last contest and I was going to lose my mind. <laughs> I, I'm not sure how they didn't end up back in the trailer um, but then I had to go, you know, trailer diving and asking anybody if they had a thumb grinder and finally found one that looked like last time it had been washed was 1999 and <laughs> we cleaned her up and we used it and won the contest. And, wow. you know, <laughs> yeah, and it was, I mean, but that was a legitimate thing. That thing cost like 14 bucks, you know? Yeah, right. Exactly. You got yeah. anything like that? Any little tools or? Uh, no, I really don't. I mean, my my arsenal of that kind of stuff is pretty small. Um, you know, I probably got I got probably a hundred knives, and I got three that I use. You wow. Know? Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I I gave that question a lot of thought. It's like, man. Mm. <laughs> I love my Vitronox uh, chef knife. It was the first chef knife I've ever bought, and it's still it's the knife I grab every time I'm in the kitchen. It's yeah, got a wood handle. It's been sharp. I've sharpened it maybe twice in 15 years because it just stays you, sharp. You know, but you take care of it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and you made me feel great about keeping the blade guards on my knives that I do all the time. Everybody makes fun of me and I'm like, no, well, <laughs> <laughs> now I feel a lot better about it, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's just some of the stuff you got to take care of. This podcast is brought to you by barbecuedata.com. Barbecuedata.com is your one-stop shop for all of your barbecue competition data, historical data, calls, wins, placements, Everything under one roof. It's a great way not only to track yourself in the standings, but also to track how you improve your scores from year to year. Listeners of this podcast can receive 20% off of a new subscription to barbecuedata.com with the code PITPOD. That's one word, all capital letters, P-I-T-P-O-D, PITPOD. So check your team scores, check on others, and do it all on barbecuedata.com. So when you're doing a contest, mm-hmm. did do you depend on a lot of technology 
yeah. in your approach, or are you pretty, you know, pretty much run a field by, cook? Yeah, I run by the seat of my pants. Yeah. Let's just feel it. I'm good to go. Wrap on color, pull on feel, buddy. Do what? Wrap on color, pull on feel. That's, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I learned that in one of my first uh, barbecue classes from Chris Capel with Dizzy Pig. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, he was he was my first mentor, really, and, you know, he's become a really good friend, lives right down the road. And, mm-hmm. Yep, he was like, it, I can tell you temperature, I can tell you whatever, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know I used to, uh, when I started doing classes, I, I told people when I wrap brisket, I said, well, how do you know when to wrap it? And I said, if you'll watch, if you'll just pay attention to the brisket, it'll tell you when it's ready to wrap. Right. What do you mean it'll tell you? I said, the brisket talks to you, but you just kind of listen. Yep. And I had, I had one lady came to me the next contest and she pulled up her chair while I was sitting outside. She said, I want to be here to hear what that brisket says. <laughs> I said, okay, you just hang on because it's coming. Did she really? Yes. Yes, she did. Uh, I don't know if you ever knew Linda Gould or not, Fred and Linda Gould, but it was Linda Gould that did that. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to hear what that brisket has got to say. That's fantastic. Yeah. It does talk to you, though. I mean, you can it tell. Like, you can tell if it's been like, yeah, you know what, I'm going to hang back here a little bit or if it's, you know, and that's part of, you know, the struggle and you've taught way more people than I've taught, but just getting them to understand that it ain't always going to be at eight fifteen when you wrap that thing. No, you know, it's going to be there, different. There are, yeah. There are some mates that you can do that with, but right. Uh, for the most part, no, you can't do that. Now that we've covered gear, now we're going to talk about people. So who is, I mean, and I'm not joking, Mike, when I tell you that so many people on this podcast, whenever I ask them this question, you have been the answer. And that is, who has impacted your life the most in competition barbecue? Oh, who impacted the most? You know, the first person that comes to mind is Mike Mills. Really, there's two. Mike Mills and Chris Lilly, both. Oh, wow. Um, Mike, uh, I, I took several classes, or I attended several classes that Mike held uh, at Murfreesboro. And mm-hmm. um, he and I got to be good, I would say, good friends over the time. Um Wherever he was, he would make a. Uh, I would make a conscious effort to go see him, and he would do the same, no matter where we were. Uh, what well, one thing that I learned from Mike early on was that everything has a value. Yep. Everything. It don't matter. Everything has a value. Um, Chris Lilly. Chris is just Chris is a good guy all the way around. He's been a, he's been a friend of me way back. Um, 
soon after I got into KCBS, uh, I ran on to Chris, and we just hit it off. And he's been kind of a sounding board for me over things over the years, you know. So, yeah, he's a, a great guy and just so much fun to talk to. He is. Yeah. And, he is. and his, his restaurant is amazing. Yeah. You know, yeah. we, we, we yeah. got to, when we were down at Whistle Stop last year, we went and ate there. And, uh, you know, his boy came out and talked to us and you know, it was yeah. some of the, some of the best food I've ever had, you know, yeah. at, a, at a barbecue restaurant. You could tell they really took a lot of pride in that. And that all comes from the top, you know, it does. Yeah, it does. You know, uh, his father-in-law still at, at the last time I was there, Don was, was still there, you know, kind of overseeing things. And Chris was running around doing Chris's deal. And, uh, I didn't see Chris a whole lot the last time I ate there. That was, well, matter of fact, Ken Hess was still there. Oh, when wow. I, and, uh, when I, he, he you know, and I, and I told him, I said, you know, don't go get nothing special. I just want whatever you're serving. He said, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> so we did. And he come back, you know, we ate and we visited. We had a good time and, and I got ready to go. And I, I said, I need a check. And he said, you trying to get me fired? <laughs> no, come on. He said, if I give you a bill for you to pay to get out of here, I'll be fired. I said, okay, well, I don't want you to get fired. So <laughs> that's another good guy right there, too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I've got to hang out with him several times through Chris. And yeah, just a great guy. Yeah, yeah, they're doing they're doing a bang up job with their place of country smoke too. So I should probably have him on here. Yeah, Ken Ken's a great guy. Yeah. So you know, and then the other the other one that uh, uh, impacted uh, was George York Dead End Barbecue up in Knoxville, Tennessee. George and I have been friends forever and ever. And, we still bounce a lot of things off of. He's kind of got, you know, over in the in the heavy restaurant side of the business, and not so much competition cooking anymore. But yeah, and that's well, you know, I think all pit masters, when there's a degree of success, they kind of transition that way. Um, you know, how do you how do you take what you've learned and been successful at it and turn that into a living you know i and, and yeah and, and we do the same thing i mean it's with the trailer that we run uh every day you just you have to learn how to scale things yep uh, you know you can't i can't serve a competition rib off my trailer nobody would buy it because it would be too expensive to for me to cook number one you know Brisket, yeah, I can do that. Pork, I can do that. But some of the things you just have to learn, you have to know your demographic, number one. You have to uh, be able to sell a product and make a living at it. Yeah. If not, man, you're just pissing up a rope, so to speak. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, and, and Dave and I have seen this in one town that we go to, and and, you know, it's, it's, well, I don't know. They may listen to at least. 
<laughs> well, I mean, I mean, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. You know, if you do, you really have to pay attention, mind your P's and Q's, and and yeah. that's where people go wrong. They don't. You know, they say, "Oh man, this guy's making money hand over fist. I can do that too." Well, the guy really probably not making money hand over fist. He's just surviving. Right. You know, it makes it look easy. That's why I tell people all the time. This ain't as easy as I make it look. Right. You know, they don't see me out here at 11 o'clock at night or 5 o'clock in the morning uh, doing this stuff, you know. They just see the end result. That's just a very, very small part of what we do. So, Absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of like competition barbecue. You just don't show up that afternoon, cook, and get your money and go home. There was a lot went into that. Yeah. I mean, let's – did you – when you – was your schedule from week to week the same? Would you try and do everything the same day? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I uh, when when we would travel, uh, be gone. You know, sometimes six, a few times eight weeks at a time. Um, I was fortunate enough to have a sponsor that would send my pork, send my brisket send my chicken to me on the road. And a lot of times I would get it and uh, freeze it in preparing. I would do all my trimming before we left and freeze it, you know, yeah. that kind of, if I had two different freezers on the, on the motorhome, and, you know, that's kind of one of the things, you know, you talk about a hundred dollars thing. Well, that was a little more than a hundred dollars, but, you know, to have the extra refrigeration where you can carry stuff with you, uh, so you know everything's at yeah. the same. You have the same product all the time, you know. Um, and, and I'm going to go a little bit further there. People say, "Well, you know, I use, I use hickory wood. What kind of wood you use?" And and uh, I use some cherry, and I use some apple, and it's like I've used hickory for everything. Uh, and I bought it from one guy all the years. Yep. And this guy, he cut it out of a out of a sandy creek bottom. Uh, and when I lived in Oklahoma, I used to have to drive four hours just to get wood. But I would take enough wood with me when in the motorhome to do all the contests I was going to do. Right. And then I stored wood in Tennessee at another place in case I didn't get back. I had a backup, you know, to get it over there. It's all about the consistency, using the same thing, doing the same thing over and over and over again. Uh, I like I like the fact that you know uh, people now can buy briskets. Everybody can can buy the same brisket that the winners are using. Uh, you know, which I guess is probably those A nines that Kevin Green sells down there. Uh, and and Kevin's a friend, but when we started, you know, you just went to Walmart, got your stuff. Right. And you had a couple of meat places around who could get you a prime brisket. Man, I thought, that's a tall cotton here, baby. <laughs> yeah, prime. And, uh, and now. Still, yeah, now there's, you know, there's everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still think the best barbecue competition in the world would be you get two Weber Smoky Mountains and a five hundred dollar gift card to Walmart. 
<laughs> and that's where you get all your meat and all your ingredients from, and then let's go. Let's see. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, I would, I would love to. We talked about that, you know, trying to. To it didn't some didn't they do that here a few years ago? Where they I supplied the meat and stuff. They supplied the meat. Yeah, uh, there were a few contests that were like that, um, and they were fun. I got I I got to do a couple of them and. You know, you, you kind of had to make do with what you yeah. got, and it was fun. I don't know yeah. that it, I don't know that it leveled the playing field like everyone thought it was it was going to, but yeah, uh, you know. But I still, I think a lot of that too is you know, when you're talking about going to the store and and selecting your meat, you know, that's a skill I think that it, is undervalued. It is absolutely. Yeah, it is. I I don't like to show up. I trim everything before a contest just because, you know, I don't want to show up to a gunfight with a knife. If I've got two bad racks of ribs and two good ones, I'm I'm already you know behind yep. the eight ball. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's what we did. You know, for for so long was we were able to have stuff shipped to the house, and we would prepare everything and 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 hold it there. I, I'm like you, you know. I, I, it's a time we were cooking wagyu briskets from Screw Branch in Texas, and and Tia was really really good about shipping me whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted it. Uh, you know, when we first started doing them, I, the first wagyu brisket I cooked. I, I called her back and I said, that is the gosh awfulest thing I ever cooked in my life. I said, that's just nasty. She said, well, you know, somebody else said that. She said, well, what are, what are we doing wrong? I said, I don't know. Send me some more and I'll try it some more. And I finally figured out how to cook them. Uh, you know, I mean, there was a different cooking process that went with a Wagyu brisket than there was with just a, a plain old brisket. Uh, you know, an old select brisket, which most of us had and it just turns out that that the wagyu brisket was just a richer uh more flavorful cut of meat it had to finesse a little more yeah you know those selector choice brisket man you you know wasn't a whole lot you could do to hurt it uh there's a lot you can do to hurt a wagyu (laughs) you ain't wrong and you can do it real fast yep and uh but you know when I, I took some of those and that's what broke me from going to the contest and, and preparing prepping at the contest. When you open one up and somebody has run a knife through the middle of it. Oh, it's the worst. You know? and, and yeah. And I, you know, and I found out, I called to you and I said, look, I just opened up this brisket and, and there's a knife blade run right through the middle of it. She said, Oh, you know what that is? I said, no, it's a mess. She said, no, that's good. That's kosher. Said you weren't supposed to get that. Oh jeez! What do you mean it's kosher? Yeah, I said there was a rabbi there that run that knife into that steer. And get, <laughs> you are kidding me? That no, sir. You weren't no supposed way. to. Yeah, yeah, she did serious. <laughs> I that never made that, that. That made that, that made it kosher. I never thought about that aspect of why that happens. That's yep. amazing. <laughs> it, had, it, was a, it was a knife cut all the way through the brisket. Got a two and a half inch scimitar blade went right through that brisket. Oh man. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, when you get to a contest and you find you open the brisket and you find that out, that's that's not a good time to find out. No, it's kind of kind of too late to handle it at that point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Unless you got a buddy that dropped a brisket on the road. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that didn't ever happen again either. So, yeah. so uh, are you a superstitious fella? Uh, not really. No, you didn't have any habits or rituals or routines that you had to do during a competition every time? <laughs> well, you know, I say I'm not super superstitious, and, and Debbie says, yeah, you say you're not, but... You do the same thing every stinking time. <laughs> you don't. She says, you just don't change. If it's, she's looking at the clock, I'm looking at the clock. She knows what I'm going to do. Um, it was, it was so, we did this so long together that uh, if I was, if I was wrapping something on the smoker yeah. and I did something from inside, all I had to do was turn around to the door and she was standing there with it. <laughs> my, my dentist went with me one year, one time to uh, Fulton, Mississippi. And he just sat over shaking his head. He said, I know what I need to do now. So what's that? He said, I just need to bring my dental assistant with me. I said, she knows what I need when I need it. I said, oh, that's what David, she knows what I need when I need it. So it's funny, you know, cooking with your spouse, I do the same and, it's it's almost like a dance at this point. You know, we rarely yeah. talk. We don't have to talk. Oh, oh we don't never talk. Yeah. I mean we uh, know we know what's gonna happen. We're getting better about tasting food at turn in time. And see, like, I never I never taste it. You let her taste it? Yep. Yeah. I never I never taste it. Because huh. we would have a difference of opinion as to what those what's good and what's not. Right, right. And, and, I, that, and I trusted her to be that part of us to pick the right one. And she, she, was all, she, she was always right. I said, you know, Kim's always right too, but I still eat it and I still like to argue with her. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> because she always ends up being right. And yeah, I, you know, yeah. I don't know. I can't believe I just said that on the air. That's... Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> she is going to hear that. She is going to hear that, man. So, what do you think the future of barbecue is? Of competitive barbecue? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, uh... you know, the way the way this whole world is right now. Um, you know, the, the, the cost of meat, uh, was already high. It's already expensive. Um, everything's gone up, you know, now you're, you're looking at the price of gasoline and diesel fuel to get to where it is and the price of vehicles and the price of smokers. And it's crazy. Yeah. And I don't know. I, it's, it scares me to think what, that it's actually going to keep going. I mean, I think I think we're probably going to end up with um, places smaller contests, 
uh, people are going to start doing more localized stuff just because you can't get out and travel like you used to. Yeah. And I know that uh, KCBS sent out a survey this week about two meat master series contests, just doing rib and, ribs and chicken. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I, I haven't filled out the survey yet, but I, you know what? I'm, I don't know that I'm against it. You know, it's, yeah. Cause there's a lot of times, especially now that I'm doing barbecue full time where I can't get away for three days to go do a full contest. Right. But to go do a Sunday uh, chicken and rib contest, I could probably pull that off a lot of times. So yeah. Yeah. Don't have to take the trailer. I can just take the pull behind pit and be good to go. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I still see a lot of guys, you know, that are in the pickup and pull a smoker and pull an easy up up. And let's go. You know, it's my favorite way to cook, man. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're going to live on the road, then you need to prepare for that. You know, yeah. um, you can't do that with a pickup and an easy up. You know, you got to have a trailer, you got to have a motor home or uh, something. Yeah. Yeah. So back when you were really into this and you were going hard, did you ever engage in psych in psychological warfare with other teams? No, well, no, I don't think I did. Uh, they tried to engage me in some, but oh, I'm sure. I uh, it. it I don't know how to really say this without sounding like a butt, you know, but uh, it's just, uh, we used to pull into contest and I, you know, we, we pulled into one and, and we just got, we got the hard looks and it's like, what are you doing here? And all this kind of stuff. And I've been to contests where I got booed if I got my name called and, oh, uh, and uh, you know, I, I just kind of ground and go on. It doesn't. Most of those times, you know, you end up winning a contest anyway. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it people that were there, you know, to actually cook the contest, um, they never bothered you. You know, it's the it's the people that don't know you, right? Uh, think, oh well, there comes it. Smart ass Davis, what's he doing here? You know <laughs> that kind of stuff. And yeah, I you know I just I I enjoyed people uh, kind of wondering what's he doing here. You know, I've had people over the years that would admit later on that they used binoculars to try to watch and see what I was doing. It's like, man, <laughs> what you had to do is just walk over and ask me. I tell you. <laughs> oh, it's it's so funny some of that stuff that goes on. It's uh my good friend Bill Gillespie with Smoking Hogs. Yeah. Uh we were cooking in Lake Placid probably about eight years ago. And uh I was over there having a beer with him later late at night and it was like eleven thirty and he goes, Well, they'll be here in about five minutes. And I said <laughs> I said, What are you talking about? He goes, there's these two guys. They'll be here in about five minutes because I'm getting ready to put pork on. 
and they always show up trying to see what they can see. Really? And I'll be damned if he wasn't right. They, they come walking up. I started laughing and just walked away. He's, he's like, don't leave me here. <laughs> These two. And I was like, I was like, I got to man or else I'm going to say something that I shouldn't. But <laughs> he's like, every time they do it, every time. I was, that's yeah. hilarious. Wow. Oh, man. This has been you great. Know, yeah. You know, and you can, I, the first class I ever did, uh, I did in Lakeburg and, and, uh, I had people that walked away from that class. I, I told them, you know, so, you know, this, this works for me. I'm not telling you this is a way to do it. I'm just telling you this is the way I do it. And right. I honestly gave the class exactly like I did things. And then to hear later, people said, he don't do that. Okay. Right. Well, why did you spend all that money to come tell me he didn't do that? I really did do that, you know? And uh, yeah, I, I kind of maybe there's people out there that do the classes that don't give you everything, and I've been to some. Yep. That say, "Oh, well, this is what we do," and then find out later eh, that ain't really what he does, you know. And that's kind of disheartening because people spend good money to to take you at your word, to know, to think that you're really giving what you do. I gave my recipes. I gave everything. You know, every class was exactly like I did the things. And the guys that did it were successful. You know, I, I can give you my recipe and you do everything just like it is on there. It may not turn out the same. Right. It's just like cooking your mom's recipes. You know, they're not going to taste like when your mom did them. Nope. Not, with, not unless you do it a million times and get as good yeah. as she was at doing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but anyway, it's uh, you know, I, I've been I've been very fortunate to help a lot of people in the barbecue world, and and uh, um, a lot of people have helped me along the way as well. So uh, I, I always I'm a firm believer, you know, you you do what's right, it'll all come back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you do what's yeah. wrong, that'll come back too. But That's yeah, true. <laughs> Well, it's, you know, I, I mentioned my friend Rick Hamilton uh, yes. earlier, and he's got, you know, all kinds of certificates up in his office, uh, you know, for anything and everything that he's done in his life, which is amazing. Yeah. And one of the ones up there is the certificate he got from taking your barbecue class. <laughs> and uh, well, I think it's we pretty went, cool. We went to his house and did that. Yeah, he told me. Yeah, he, he's uh, yeah, he's he he, and he just he remembers every bit of it. Yeah, know? and and he, I, the thing that I I think what Rick's superpower is is that he's able to listen, digest, and then reproduce. Yeah, and 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 just the fact that he is such a strong listener is I think why he's such an amazing person and a great cook, yeah so yeah rick rick retains i think probably 99 percent of everything he hears that's true he does not forget anything it no he doesn't it is kind of a curse <laughs> <laughs> he's always reminded me of stuff i've said or did and he's like well you didn't yeah. do that you know 
<laughs> I was like, I know, man. Leave me alone. <laughs> oh. Well, you well, tell that, Rick hello for me when you see him. I will, I will. But I want to get I want to ask you these rapid fire questions before we You go, go right ahead. All right. What do you see about barbecue on social media that upsets or bothers you? Uh, there's too many too many people out there playing Rambo. Um, and to me, it's just gotten, with social media, it's too commercialized. Yep. It's it's something, you know. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't I know. I'm kind of. I'm kind of in a quandary about the whole thing being a barbecue on social media. Uh, I, I see a lot of people there that, you know, you know, I'm in a quandary about social media in general, because I think when they they look back at our society, they're going to say, this is where these people went wrong. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So did you have a favorite, Pre, during, or post-competition meal? Nothing, nothing pre, nothing during, but it was Mexican food after. Man. Yep. (laughs) I interviewed Leanne Whippen earlier today. She said the same thing. Really? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I like Beagle way back. Oh, she's amazing. She's she's... Last time I saw her, we cooked against, I cooked against her at Mohican Sun, uh, a few years ago, it's like, why did they put me against you? I can never beat you. I said, well, you don't beat me today either. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Do you have a favorite present that you like to give to people? I don't have um, what I what I do like to give people um, is – if, if if they would like to have, and, and mostly this is younger kids, um, but even older people too, want to always want to take a picture, you know, and I'm happy to do that. Uh, and, a, and a congratulatory handshake when they win, you know, I want to do that. I'm, I'm all about that. Uh, after we did this real quick here, I know you're in a rapid fire, but I'm going to tell you this. No, story. no, we're good. We're good. No. So, so, after we did the NASCAR thing, uh, which was all televised, you know, and the, the Kingsford thing and all that, we were down in Hammond, Louisiana, cooking, and uh, this this lady and her husband, oh, she probably they probably were they probably were about our age, I guess, and and the lady's husband's dad was there with them. And man, she just all googly eyed and oh my God, that's Mike Davis. And, and, <laughs> and can I get your picture? Can, and she handed the camera to her father-in-law and said, would you take our picture? He said, I will if you'll settle down. He says, my God, it's not Merle Haggard. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that Merle Haggard. <laughs> yeah, Merle Haggard. <laughs> Hammond, Louisiana. Hammond, Louisiana. I don't know if they. I don't think they still do that contest now. You know, they've canceled it the past three years because of COVID. Yeah, and it's been the one that we've been wanting to go and do uh, 
just because we've never cooked in Louisiana and just to go down there and have a good time. And Oh man, if they, if you ever get the chance to, you should, because, uh, the time of year that that they put that contest on, uh, is the time the Ponchatoula strawberries come out. Oh, that, wow. is, that is the best strawberry you will ever put in your mouth. Huh. Okay. Ponchatoula is a parish down there that yep. Hammond is in, and that is the very best. Okay. All right. Last question, buddy. All right. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, getting a message out to millions of people, what would it say and why? Well, you know, I tell you, my dad's a Baptist preacher, and uh, church and uh, gospel music has always been a big part of my life. Uh, not, you never ask this, but people don't know that. Uh, a lot of people don't know that I sing in church, uh, and I used to sing pretty regular. Uh, in fact, I started singing when I was ten years old. Wow! Uh, and uh, and I still do now. Uh, but any what I would say is that Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready to meet him? If not, you can be. Just ask him into your heart right now. What are you waiting for? That's good, man. That is, yep. That's what I would say. Cool. I don't mean to turn it into a religious thing. No, no. That's that's always heavy on my heart. Well said. Well said. I would ask you to sing, but I'm not going to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that ain't going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) all right my friend well thank you very much for your time where can people find you if you want to be found (laughs) um well i live in delight arkansas any places online Mm, we still have our website up uh laudablebbq.com uh social media is at mike space debbie davis uh Laudable barbecue. We have uh, that's on the social media too. So, yeah, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I want to thank you so much for spending some time with me. I really appreciate it. Well, Luke, it's always good to talk to you, and I appreciate what you do because you know you you uh, you put barbecue out there and, and you do it the right way, and uh, uh, a lot of people look up to and listen to what you got going on. There's a lot of things out there that people don't listen to uh, because it just goes kind of haywire gets crossways a lot and you know you don't need that nope there's a good way to do it you're doing it my friend well thank you very much i i that is a fantastic compliment so all right i hope to see you soon yeah yeah um maybe maybe if they have the thing up in delaware maybe you slide over there i will do so definitely All right, Mike, thank you. Thank you, Luke. You take care, buddy. You too. Thank you for listening to Pitmaster, an old Virginia Smoke podcast. Be sure to subscribe and like the podcast, rate the podcast, and to share it out with your friends. Also, be sure to check out the Old Virginia Smoke TikTok as well. Old Virginia Smoke, one word. That's all you have to search for. It's hilarious. Tune in next week for another great episode of Pitmaster. 
For companies interested in advertising, please contact Old Virginia Smoke directly via www.oldvirginiasmoke.com. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is edited by Chris Sedanka. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is a property of Old Virginia Smoke, LLC. All rights reserved. Copyright 2022.